Welcome to the Overdue Podcast, Episode 28. I'm Kelly, and with me today are my fellow Madison College librarians, Matthew. Hello. Erica. Hi there. Dana. Hi. And Mark. Hello. And our special guest today, making her first and last appearance on the podcast, is Donna Marconet. Welcome. Welcome. Today we will be talking with Donna. We will have trivial observations with Mark and our Anything Goes recommendations. Our guest today, Donna Marconet, has been with Madison College, then just good old MATC since the 1990s. In a different life, and perhaps in a different time, Donna would have been considering retirement from her own engineering firm. (laughs) Instead, she raised three talented engineers while working in the libraries part-time. What students, faculty, and colleagues love about Donna is that she applies her wizardry with technology, along with her even more remarkable skill, connecting with learners on all different levels. In doing so, she has made a daily positive difference in students' lives. For nearly a decade, she's been the library's full-time technology literacy librarian. Day-to-day, however, she is the friend and colleague we turn to for questions about nearly everything, not just technology, but history, quilting, baking, and parenting. Mm -hmm. Perhaps her biggest legacy will be her tireless advocacy for student access and voicing student perspectives to the college's technology decision makers. We will miss her for many reasons, and her holiday lefsa is only a small but important part of the reason that saying farewell is difficult for us. Welcome, Donna. Thank you for your kind words, and I will miss working with all of you and our wonderful students, faculty, and staff. All right, so we're going to start off with our rapid-fire questions for you, Donna. Are you ready? Sure. (laughs) Um, Dana, why don't you start us off? Sure. What volunteering opportunities are you looking forward to in retirement? Greg and I are going to continue volunteering with Science Olympiad. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been doing that for a number of years since our kids were in it in high school, and we continue to go to regional, local, state, and national competitions. In fact, we're headed there this weekend for a coaches clinic, so that's one that we're going to do. Um, Both of us are involved in that, and... I, I see myself maybe volunteering again at a school, maybe mm-hmm. an elementary school mm-hmm. someday, but I'm not lined up on any sure. particular <laughs> Take some time volunteer for yourself. Yeah, activities no. <laughs> quite yet, but okay. those are, that's definitely something we, we feel real strongly about volunteering in the community. All right. So, so who would you cheer for in this state championship scenario? <laughs> Wauwatosa West or <laughs> Madison La Follette? Oh, <laughs> near and dear to my heart. Um, I, I, I think because it's so recent and because my kids played on the teams, we're going with La Follette. <laughs> uh, favorite podcast? Uh, this one. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Do you have any others that you listen to? I listen to a lot of public radio, so mm-hmm. I'm okay. a fan for Wisconsin Public Radio mm-hmm. or National Public Radio podcasts of all types. <laughs> Great. All right. How about a favorite history or biography book? Hmm. That those. I'm going to have to say, I've been reading some of the Isaacson biographies, mm-hmm. and there's it's hard to pick just one, mm-hmm. because I like them all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're good to listen to as an audiobook sure. or to read in paper. And most recently, I read Becoming by 
Michelle Obama too. Oh, okay. So I never, I'm never good at the favorite questions. You know, I really hate them for security sure. questions because my favorites oh, sure. change yeah, day to right. day. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I can't give you just one answer on a favorite book. We'll that's have fun. a talk with a person at Roller you won't, you won't be quizzed later, so it's okay. Um, so list a couple of things that you'd like to try upon retirement that are new for you. Oh, that's a great question. I, I'm looking forward to maybe like doing more of some things that I already do, but taking up something brand new. Um, I don't think I've quite wrapped my head around that yet. It's because you do so much. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably oh, you're, left. Too, you're, you're, you're too kind. Um, yeah, there's some things on my not list, but oh. um, things that I want to do. <laughs> like not go to work like, when it's snowing. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greg went parasailing a couple oh, weeks ago. Right. I am not going to do that, <laughs> right. you know? Good for you. Yeah. But I am going to be better about going to the gym mm. and things like that because mm. you know, try to do some more healthy things. Yeah, more time for health. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Great. All right. Um Kind of piggybacking on my last one, what is your favorite Science Olympiad moment? Again, oh. a favorite. <laughs> oh, that, that's a hard one, that's too. That's a great moment. Uh, yeah, because every competition is a lot of fun, and we see them as learning experiences. Uh, I think my favorite moments were when my kids were participating. Sure. And, you <laughs> know, to see them be successful in mm-hmm. events and, and, you know, just learn through some challenges. Mm-hmm. So that, that would have to be my favorites. All right. Okay. So shortly after retirement, you're taking a fabulous three-hour cruise when suddenly a storm comes up <laughs> and your tiny ship is tossed. You end up on a deserted island for a little while. What three books or book genres would you want with you Ooh. to help pass the time? Oh, that that's excellent. Good question. You didn't go with that one the way I thought you were going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like, I do like reading history books, biographies, and, and those would be good. I also am a fan of mysteries, you know, mm, any yep. kind. They're quick and easy reads, so I probably wouldn't spend a lot of time because <laughs> I go through those pretty fast. Um, and, hmm, classic literature, yeah. too. So, you know, that, so those three genres I think I'd probably take with me. Because you can read and reread mm-hmm. a classic, and, and it doesn't get old. All right, Thank so you. for the cliche follow-up, who would you want to spend the time talking <laughs> The professor, Gilligan, the skipper? <laughs> oh, gee, tough choice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'd... I, um, I'd take Gilligan because mm-hmm. it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what's your current favorite TV show? Another another favorite question. You yeah, guys are big on these yeah. favorite mm-hmm. questions. But um, I like watching some of the, the public television shows. Sure. Yeah. And I, I recently binge-watched Calling the Midwife. I love it. Yeah. Don and I have had conversations oh. about the show. It's so really it, good. It's really good. It's right. really good. I have to give it a try. All right. How about top three wish lists for travel destinations Ooh. you have not yet Ooh. been? Oh, good question. Not yet been. I would like to go to parts of the world that seem a, li- a little bit um, out of 
the element of where I've been before, like mm-hmm. maybe Egypt, mm-hmm. Turkey, Pakistan, mm-hmm. places like that. Sure. Um, that would be really interesting for me. I've also never been to South America, so that would yeah. be an interesting place mm-hmm. to visit. Yeah. Um, and not been before. <laughs> yeah, and you said three, huh? Okay, <laughs> so now um, no Australia. How about that? Right. Yeah, yeah. places I haven't been. Um, so not a favorite, but just <laughs> a general recommendation. So no, no pressure um, of a science fiction book or movie. We'll leave it open. <laughs> you know, I was talking the other night about with with a family member about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's been around forever, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's kind of timeless and like little kids are still into time, right. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I guess you can't go wrong with something that's been successful for that long. Yeah. And are your grandkids watch starting to watch it now or almost. Okay. They're just a yeah, little, little bit too, young, yeah. but yeah. they've got some of the toys. Sure. And things. <laughs> yeah. Get them get them started early. Yeah. Right. So now it's uh, time for our technology questions that we have for you, Donna. Okay. So as the tech support librarian here at Madison College, um, which piece of tech do you get the most questions about? These are all great questions (laughs) we're going to run through today. And um, I kind of, the piece of technology makes you think of like an item or or Mm -hmm. a piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. But I think often it's it's the user who has the question. So mm-hmm. I'm going to switch it around a little bit and say our number one question that we get okay. is about getting logged in to mm-hmm. whatever it is, username and password. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get logged in, you can't use your piece of equipment. So mm-hmm. I guess it kind of ties in with that. Um, that would probably be number one. And the other questions follow shortly after that, all being how-to questions. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I do something in Blackboard? How do I, you know, use a piece of software and do a hanging indent for my paper? You know, all those how-to questions which go all across the board. Mm -hmm. And then as far as equipment, lately it's been things like how do I add Office to my laptop? That's a big one. And another sticky wicket would be getting Android devices connected to the Wi-Fi Mm because it's not as easy as it sounds Mm -hmm. all the time here with Madison College MC Secure. Okay, during your time here at Madison College, um, technology has obviously evolved at the speed of light. It's been warp speed since you uh, started. In retrospect, would you say that the phrase technology has made life easier is true for students and staff? Or has it increased overall tech anxiety? Or is the answer somewhere in between? You know, I am kind of a technology person, (laughs) but I would definitely lean towards technology makes our lives easier, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's here at college or or elsewhere in our lives. I just think there have been so many awesome improvements and we've got more choice, even when you talk about books, you know, you can read books in paper. Many, many people prefer to read books in paper, but you can also read e-books, you can listen to audio books, you've got choices um, in communication, the mm-hmm. web has, you know, evolved drastically oh, yeah. since, you know, I started here at MATC. It's kind of fun to look back at screenshots of the old website and see <laughs> what it looks like. Mark, you remember? I do. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have, like, access 
anywhere, anytime almost, yeah, to a yeah. whole lot of information that we didn't back in the 90s. Our library databases, students, faculty, and staff can get to 24-7. Mm -hmm. They don't even have to be on campus. And, you know, you think about things like video. When I started here, we actually had films like on a reel. Uh, I see your eyes lighting up. I mean, <laughs> you know? And yeah. we had to get those playing and then DVDs and now online video. Mm -hmm. You know, I can take a pretty decent video on my phone and mm -hmm. share that with people. So I think it's making our lives easier and it's really enhancing communication and things like that too. And with any with any change, sometimes there's a little bit of anxiety and apprehension, you know, and that's why we've got a great team of people here in the library <laughs> now, students and faculty and staff with that. Yeah. All right, great. So here's a, another question. How has the library been instrumental with helping progress technology, such as PrintSmart, um, in your time here at Madison College? Another great question. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just saying, we've got this great group of people, a team of people who work, and technology can't really be separated from our library work. It's really become an integral part of it to get students connected with information and learn information literacy skills. So one of the advantage we, advantages we have is that we've got librarians at our regional and branch campuses. So we're not just here at the Truex Library, though that is our main area where we, we help a lot of people from. We're a whole team of people across the district who are just here to help. We're not grading students. You know, we're just helping them get connected and find information and learn research skills. So that's that's really been great. And there have been some big projects that the library has helped with, like when we migrated email in 2011 from one system to another. Mm -hmm. We're also very helpful with communication mm -hmm. because when the college is making a change, a lot of times it's the library and our staff who's helping get that information out for students. And when they need help, they can come in and get like guided your side help one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. They can call us up, they can email us and get help with that different types of, of technology, which is which is changing often and frequently. And, you know, we're real advocates for students too, um, because students don't always have a voice at the table with mm -hmm. information technology. So because we have that one-on-one -on -one experience as we're helping students, we often hear about a problem before maybe even technology services does, and then we can help communicate that to technology services so it can hopefully be fixed really quickly. Um, and that kind of helps. We're kind of on the front lines there helping people, and that's that's really been a great part of this job and a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. if, if You know, I like troubleshooting mm -hmm. things, and if, <laughs> if nothing was ever broke, you know, the, but we have um, those online guides, too, to help students, you know, so if they're not walking in the door, they can hopefully find some answers right online. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Okay, what is or was the squirreliest technology <laughs> that you have And you seen know we had far? to use that word. <laughs> yeah, I, I use the word squirrely sometimes because once in a while things are a little bit squirrely. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt Matt is a fan of that word. <laughs> and Erica. Yeah. So yeah, and that actually was kind of a tough one to think of. Just one piece of technology that was mm-hmm. squirrely, because we have a lot of squirrely things once in a while. And I'll go way back to when I started in like 1997, and I I was learning some things that I was going to do at my job, and one of them was that we had to type on a typewriter in (laughs) triplicate form for these little things. And I hadn't seen a typewriter in years, and I felt like I had two left thumbs as I was trying to type on it. So that was a little bit squirrely for me. Was the old AB forms? Yes, was it? yes, okay. for yeah. shipping yeah, the media right. from place to place. So I don't miss that typewriter. I do kind of <laughs> like, I did learn to type years and years ago on a typewriter, but it just had been a while since I'd used it. And and my the other one that was close to that was, in this, I, you guys may not know this, but I hate sending faxes. Oh, you know, yeah. I will ask you know yeah. anybody else to send the fax because it's like faxing. You know, yeah. in fact, it's not working again in yeah. the library. If you notice, not that we send many faxes, but it's I've just always had trouble with the fax machines. It's like. Agreed. Can't I send an email? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture of it and use the app on my phone that pretends to be a fax machine? Mm-hmm. That would be okay with me. So how long ago was it that we got rid of the typewriters? I, I know in the old library there was two, right? There was at least one or two. When I started in 2005, there was one. Okay, there was one. I didn't even know it was there for like <laughs> two yeah. years or something okay. like that. So, but... Yeah, I don't know. I I did see one on display in the business lab (laughs) if you'd like to refresh your typing skills. I'm not sure they let you type on it anymore. Mm, I remember my kids in my youngest son in history class, he's like, you know, how did a typewriter work? You know, he wanted to, so we went to his grandpa's house so he could see how the actual gear, the little mechanism Mm, worked. He's like, I get the concept of yeah. He's hitting things, but he wanted to see the mechanical parts behind, behind it, it mm-hmm. which was a fascinating development yes. in technology, too. Indeed. Yeah, but <laughs> I've just seen better days. Okay, so what technology do you feel has been the most impactful for our students in your years here? That's a great one. Uh, I like all these questions, <laughs> probably because they're about technology. <laughs> um I was thinking about this, and I, I was torn between, like, laptops and smartphones, sure. you know, because both have really allowed us to be mobile with technology and, and move around and have access to things without being tied to one physical location. Mm-hmm. Um, in, certainly back in the 90s, I don't think anybody brought a laptop to school, you know, and they also cost like a gazillion dollars. And they were heavy. Yeah, (laughs) and with the prices of technology coming down, it's really put technology in the hands of of a lot of people. Not everybody. We still have a lot of students, you know, and other, you know, faculty and staff who don't own their own technology and you don't have to here at MAPC because we have wonderful computer labs where you can yeah. come and work right here. Um, but I, I think that's been impactful and mm-hmm. it's it's going to keep going that way mm-hmm. and 
change things up as, as prices continue to come down, I hope. Yeah. In our previous library, there, there was no Wi-Fi, right? It was just cords, right? The, the network cables for people with I'm, laptops. I'm trying to remember when we brought in Wi-Fi, yeah. but it, it definitely in the old, old library, we didn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, I was hired to install software by CD-ROM, you know. Make it all CD-ROM towers. And yeah. nobody does that anymore, you know. A lot of things have changed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so even our computer screens have improved dramatically. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of change, where do you see technology going into the future? Gosh, another <laughs> another question here. Um, more and more things seem to be moving to the cloud. You know, there's a lot of interest in um, our AI mm-hmm. and the Internet of Things. Even in our homes, you know, you can talk and have the temperature change or the TV go on or, the, you know, so... Um, technology is becoming more accessible, mm-hmm. which, which is really an interesting development. More personalization of technology, more customization, you know, so you can have things designed kind of the way you want them and the way you want to use them, you know, faster, lighter, smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what I can do with my phone now is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, a lot of us are you know, starting to use smaller bits of technology like watches that tell you how many steps you took today and things like that. So there you go. But yet there's this appeal for retro, right? Mm -hmm. Vinyl's coming back. I know. (laughs) Or is back, you know. You can buy a a keyboard that clicks like a typewriter keyboard that (laughs) gamers apparently like to use. So we kind of have that nostalgia, you know. So I don't know what will all come from that, but I think... You know, maybe it's the baby boomers wanting a little bit <laughs> right. of history back. In a follow-up to it, I, I'd be curious what you think about the whole movement towards cyborg uh, future. <laughs> uh, recently, in the last couple of weeks, is it South Korea that they've actually experimented? Sweden. Sweden. That's right. Sweden. Uh, they've experimented with embedding chips um, into people's fingers, hands somewhere. And they, you actually pay for transactions yeah. or use oh. it to open doors and stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's, well, it, it, that is wild. <laughs> That's a wild concept. I'm not signing up to be first in line for yeah. that. And I also have some concerns about privacy. I know. Yeah. I'm the kind of person, like even at the grocery store, I don't like to have the rewards cards and get the coupons. It's like they're tracking yeah. them, you know? Yeah. So it, I exactly. just see and if it it's could embedded. be misused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't go yeah. on the run. Big brother. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you are. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think we have to pay some attention to our, our online and personal security, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for Trivial Observations with Mark. So in honor of Donna and also our theme of technology, today's trivia is entitled Traveling Through Technology Time with Donna. (laughs) It's too bad Donna's name didn't start with a T. So there are eight questions. The first seven questions were created with the help of the site Computer History Museum at computerhistory.org. Uh, The first question starts in 1996. Palm Incorporated 
was started to uh, create software for the Casio Zoomer Personal Data Assistant. The first generation of Palm-produced devices, the Palm 1000 and 5000, used a special gestural, G-E-S-T-U-R-A-L, input language. What was that language called? <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Who had a Palm Pilot? My son <laughs> did. <laughs> Shirk? No. Doodle. That you're Ooh. along the right track doodle. with that. Not doodle, but hmm. sketch. <laughs> Another good okay. All, okay, you're all on the right track. Uh, the answer was graffiti. Oh, oh okay. Sure. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> 1998, the advent of the internet led to an increase in copying and sharing of digital content, including music, video, software, often in direct violation of copyright law. <laughs> to combat this, what act did the U.S. Congress pass in 1998 that mm. still exists today? Wow. The Millennium Copyright Act? Very good. Wow. Wow. Well done. The Impressive. Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Wow. All right. Woo-hoo. 2000. IBM sells the first commercial USB flash drive. First commercial USB flash drive. How much memory did that first one store? <laughs> Was it 128 kilobytes? I uh, no. It, it, no. Megabytes? It was a megabyte number. Okay. Okay. Mm. 64 megabytes. That was like 254. Probably 32. <laughs> Kelly's actually closest eight. Okay. Uh, that was my next so guess. I knew it was Basically, you can so. save a couple of papers on it <laughs> in tax. Really uh, all right. I said two, kidding around. Oh, oh, that's yeah. another thing. I don't miss floppy disks. Oh, oh, floppy yeah. disks, right. 1.4 uh, megabytes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What about the bigger ones? Like, was it five and a quarter or something like that? Five and a quarter? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, yes, the really big one. 2002. The beginning of the end of humanity may have started (laughs) with this AI project from DARPA that sought to prove that up to 100 robots could survey a potentially dangerous area, build a map in real time, and seek items of interest. And the, their experiment went uh, successfully. What were those 100 robots called? And it was the name of the project. Mm. Ooh. Wow. Gosh. Um, <laughs> sounds good. That, you know, that, that sounds great, yeah. It's a very... Uh, um, Terminator, but uh, no. <laughs> hundred horsemen. Yeah, think about a hundred. Okay, a hundred monkeys. Centibots. Centibots. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. Huh. All right. Moving along in history, two thousand six, <laughs> Google or Googling makes its way into the lexicon, recognized in dictionaries as a verb for the first time. However, um, it had been used as a verb prior to that. As far as media, this television show was credited with using it as a verb for the very I first time ever on television. Sex in the City. It was not Sex no. in the City. And I thought that you, you would know it. I bet somebody does know this. Not Friends, and that's oh. a, also a great guess. Oh. 2006. One, one of the characters on this show 
used a computer a lot in a library. Oh, Buffy the Vampire oh. Slayer. Yeah. Giles. Was, um, well, oh, Willow. Oh, Willow. Yeah. Oh, yeah Willow Giles used it. The, the yeah. line uh, was from Xander, the character Xander. Okay. Um, they were talking about um, how they were going to get this information. And he said, why don't you just have Willow Google it? Google it. Okay. okay. Great. All right. I can't believe we didn't get yeah. at least the show. Yeah. Was, oh. I thought that one. Considering the source. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> right. 2010, on April 3rd of this year, Apple commercially released the first of these devices. iPhone? Uh, it, it is an iPad. iPad. iPad, yeah. Mm. What year was that? 2010, apparently. Oh, okay. On April 3rd. And again, commercially. Commercially, yeah. yeah. Question number seven. In 2015, Bill Gates adds to the list of warnings about the future of this technology that Stephen Hawking, Elon Elon Musk, and others had already done. AI? Correct. And the final question, question number eight, actually has eight short parts to it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the acronyms. Technology has given us a lot of them. For the final question, I will give you eight acronyms and see if you can tell me what they stand for. HTTP. Hyper text something protocol. Very good. So what is it? Hyper text transfer protocol. Okay. FTP. (laughs) File transfer protocol. Yeah. And back in the late 1990s, we were using that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, PDA. Personal digital assistant. Very good. Personal digital assistant. All right, everybody uses um, the acronym USB these days. What does it actually stand for? Universal, Universal bus. Storage. Yep. Universal bus. The S. Serial. Serial. Oh, very good. <laughs> and Donna, can you? What were buses again with data? What was the idea? With, I, I thought it moved data. I don't. Okay. Know, All right. Like sounds yeah, good. A bus. <laughs> All right. Um, everybody today uses VDI. Uh, what is that? Virtual desktop interface. A virtual desktop, but actually the I stands for something else than interface. Mm-hmm. Identity. Infrastructure. Oh, infrastructure. Right. Good. I feel like I should know that. Yeah. <laughs> Wissywig. That's going what back. You see is it's what, what you get. get. Yep. Yeah. I like that one. G-I-G-O, eagle. Garbage in, garbage out. Correct. <laughs> Nick. P-I-C-N-I-C. No idea. Yeah. And this is going back to WYSIWYG and eagle those days. Mm. No clue. Stumped. Okay. I, I, Agreed? <laughs> I can't get it. It was actually, yeah, used for a while. Problem in chair, not in computer. Oh. <laughs> and that is a mean one. Okay. People just say user error now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually a good sign that we couldn't answer that mm-hmm. one. Right. Sure. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. So now it is time for our anything goes recommendations. And who would like to start us off? 
Okay. All right, Dana. I have a podcast recommendation. It is one that um, I listen to with my kids a lot, but um, it's really cute. It's called The Story Pirates, <laughs> and um, children are encouraged to write stories and submit them to this podcast, and it's a bunch of professional comedians and musicians that perform the story, mm-hmm. and they come up with songs and storylines so every episode's about a half an hour and in that half hour they kind of have their own story that they're going on and they're they're pirates and they're like in this pirate ship that floats around in the air (laughs) (laughs) and each character is really they're really comical um but then they'll throughout this larger story of the episode they'll do two kids stories Mm. And then afterwards, they'll interview the author. So they'll make a phone call to the kids. And they're usually between, like, the ages of 6 and 12, sometimes a little older. Um, But it's just so fun to hear these stories these kids come up with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. And anything with pirates. (laughs) You have me at pirates. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go next. Okay. Um, and I feel like I may have <laughs> recommended this in the past. That's why it's a double recommendation. Yes. Um, <laughs> just CSA, so Community Supported okay, Agriculture. Sure. Um, we, my family, um, the last several years, we've um, purchased a share through um, various farms. Recently, we've been using um, Two Good Farms, um, which is obviously local. Um, and the amount of vegetables we've gotten this year has been crazy almost overwhelming um which is a good sign uh-huh. um you know for um the farm itself um but it is definitely a way to get your kids to eat more vegetables i was just telling a story earlier today about how we went to pick up our share yesterday and both of my girls were eating brussels sprouts of all things all raw right. off the stock <laughs> which Gross. you know i <laughs> they and I mean, I tried one and it was not bad. Raw, okay. I don't typically have them that yeah. way, but I mean, anytime you can get a kid to eat a Brussels sprout, is sure. it's a pretty big deal. So, mm-hmm. highly recommend um, looking into. Do you that. do every week or every other? Yeah, week? so we during our season we do every week, and I'm, we this particular farm has been so bountiful that I'm considering maybe doing every other week, and we currently have a small share, and it's and it's significant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I strongly encourage that. Many um, employers um, usually will have some sort of benefit back so you can get some of it paid for um, So, or even health insurance companies directly. Um, so definitely look into it. It's a good way to get your kids to eat Brussels sprouts. So. Yeah. yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go next? Um, sure. I recommend a book that I'm reading currently called The Warehouse it's a dystopian novel set in the near future where essentially um, jobs are not available to people because of the economy mm-hmm. and uh, uh, climate issues and everything. But what is providing jobs is an Amazon type company, <laughs> which is basically built uh, little warehouses the sizes of small cities mm-hmm. around the country and uh it becomes the main source of employment for most people. And not only do people work there, but they live there. Uh, it's oh. a 24-7 type thing. Oh, wow. And there's a mystery story going on behind it. But, um, yeah, the 
more than the mystery, I'm enjoying just the speculation of the sure. you know, future. Is it funny at all? It or? is. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it, um, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's quite Kurt Vonnegut, but it's got oh, sure. Vonnegut type yeah, humor in it. So. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll go next. Um, I would like to recommend a new graphic novel that the library just got in a couple weeks ago, maybe. It's um, George Takai, They Call Us Enemy. And mm-hmm. everybody knows George Takai. He's um, uh, Sulu on the original Star Trek. And he's been um, an activist um, for his whole life, really. And um, when he was five in 1942, him and his family were interned, mm-hmm. um, along with 120,000 other Japanese Americans. Um, and many of these people, I, I mean, I knew this happened, but... I didn't know the details, and many of these people were citizens, um, like George was born here, and his mother was born here, so they were interned for four years. So in 1942, when he was five, him and his family were interned, along with 120,000 other Japanese Americans, and many of those people were citizens that were born here, as were George and his mother. The thing I got out of it, um, his parents really tried so hard to just create a normal life for him and he had two younger siblings just to make it more normal and comfortable and my favorite thing and Donna would appreciate this too uh, Mrs. Takai snuck in um, a sewing machine to the internet <laughs> and it was highly forbidden but she did it anyway and it's a good thing she did because she made clothes for everyone and curtains and rugs and everything so um and it goes into other stories about uh, stories of Japanese American soldiers um, and um, the whole uh, the executive order. I think it's 9066, which FDR passed, which is disappointing because he's my favorite president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, even great presidents uh, do mistakes. And I was uh, surprised to find out he has 208 million followers on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, I think he would be a fun person to follow. But it's a beautiful story, um, beautiful art, just the plain, my favorite, just black and white art. Um, it's very crisp and clean, and yeah, it was a joy to read. So it took me like two hours to read it, so yeah. So my recommendation is Badger Women's Volleyball. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this will come out too late, there, but there are two matches this weekend here in town. Um, so they usually play twice a week. Um in the in the historic UW Fieldhouse, that's how they announce it every week. <laughs> the very hot, which, which means old, <laughs> which means old and kind of rickety. But um, it can be very loud in there, and uh, it's it's a great. I mean, it's a great thing for families to do because the tickets are not expensive. Often, if you go, um, you know, thirty to forty five minutes ahead of the game. Uh, people will just be holding tickets that they want to give away that they can't use. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they have been selling out a lot of games, uh, the conference games. And uh, they're currently 6-0 and in the Big Ten Conference and with two Big Ten matches coming up this week. But, but an awesome group of young women and uh, Kelly Sheffield's a great coach and it's you know it's 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 a little easier than when you go to a Badger football game and you pay I think the minimum price now is one hundred and five dollars yeah. per yeah. ticket. Yes. Wow. And you think about all the excess of that level of of college sports, and then you go and see a team that, in our case, 
delivered our season tickets to our door. Some of the members of the team came right oh, up to nice. our house and gave us our tickets. So uh, it's easy to support a group of, of people like that. So And they're a terrific story this year. They had a tough start, mm-hmm. losing some tough matches at the beginning, and then have come back and beaten how many ranked teams in a row? Yeah, the, the la- their last three matches they yeah. beat uh, top-ranked teams. Mm-hmm. So. And I would definitely agree with Matt. If you ever get a chance to see any type of sporting event in the old field house, it's a terrific um, atmosphere mm-hmm. and very loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And very warm. And very warm. Yeah, so yeah. dress, you know, dress in a coat <laughs> definitely, but yeah. <laughs> you can have shorts and a T-shirt underneath. <laughs> All right. So, Donna, do you have a Anything Goes recommendation for us? Well, I'm going to say stay in tune with what's new at the libraries. Mm-hmm. You know, great. You go to the library webpage, you'll see a great list of new books. You know, our librarians are selecting new materials for our libraries, books, videos. Sometimes we get new databases. Some recent changes with databases that you might not have heard of was um, Safari eBooks is now O'Reilly eBooks. Those are great books for learning about all kinds of different technology. And Lynda.com got changed to LinkedIn Learning, and those are video courses where you can actually see how to do a lot yeah. of different mm-hmm. things in business or creative software. Make a podcast. Make a podcast mm-hmm. is in there. There you go. You can make your own podcast. So yep. keep an eye on what's new with the libraries and enjoy all right well thank you all right well thank you so much for being with us today donna we appreciate it thank Um, you for inviting me this this was fantastic (laughs) the overdue podcast is a production of madison college libraries and the student achievement centers take care everyone and see you next time and now we have some messages from madison college colleagues who have worked with donna throughout the years The first is from Senior MAC Support Leader Mick Connors. I have always appreciated the support you have given me over the years. I have truly valued your leadership and student excellence, but most importantly, Donna, I have really enjoyed working with you on so many different things. It's an end of an era, but you have really left this place better than you have found it. You should be proud of everything you have done here. We were a better college because of you. And then a few minutes later, I get another. He wasn't finished. We get another email from him. When she first started, she really wanted to see the Apple platform excel as she had seen so many students asking for more. She was instrumental in where I am today. Thanks to Donna, the the validity of using an Apple has become a worry and question of the past. It is no longer a question of why do we need a Mac, but how can we get you and what you need? So the next message was sent to us from Christine Cena, a history instructor here at Madison College. And she writes, Dearest Donna, please know how much I have enjoyed working with you over the years. I will always treasure our conversations, discussions regarding history, research, and a multitude of other topics from LEFSA, children and grandchildren, PBS, (laughs) NPR, films on demand and canopy, and of course, the primacy of the library and the librarian. I could not help but think of Bob Dylan as whenever you and I worked together, he seemed to be part of the conversation and research in one way, shape, or form. Hence, I thought this Bob Dylan song was appropriate for this occasion of your retirement. And she sent the lyrics to Forever Young by Bob Dylan. Yep. 
And this is just an observation for me. This is Kelly. Um, Donna always treats every student, faculty, and staff like their question or problem is of great importance and always with patience and kindness. Thank you, Donna. And I have an observation that's very similar to that, so it must be true. <laughs> One of my favorite things about working with Donna is her ready smile and her willingness to help out at any moment for anything that comes her way. She always makes us feel good about ourselves, too, with her iconic, you're awesome, that <laughs> she hands out very generously. Yes. And I'll just say, uh, having worked with Donna since she started here, that um, she's always been very kind, uh, not only to students, but to our co-workers and yes. uh, helpful. And I'll miss her. Yes. And I will add just one more <laughs> little bit, um, and that's, you know, I've been here 14 years. Donna has been here a lot longer, and she has definitely been a mentor um, for me. Um, I was really, really new out of library school, um, and it was my first real job, and she definitely was somebody I have always and will continue to look up to. Um, so, yeah, a great asset to, to our unit, for sure. This tribute comes by way of Joel Ryan history instructor. I started working at MATC in the fall of 2004. Although I was incredibly happy to have secured a full-time teaching position, I only had about three weeks left to prepare to teach four subjects. Two I had never taught before. John Pollock was tremendously helpful. However, Donna Marconet easily helped me the most during that first frantic semester. Not only did Donna explain the ins and outs of the Truex Library, she also walked me through the code-driven copier process, recommended the be best places to park, and provided constant technical support and advice that ranged, that ranged everything from PCs to Blackboard. Eventually, Donna convinced me that Blackboard could make teaching a bit easier. Blackboard was easy so long as Donna repaired broken links, emailed me about more user-friendly programs for virtual Luddites like me, and activated links that I failed to activate. Donna's constant help and enthusiasm for all things bibliographical and historical lowered my stress level and enabled me to keep my composure in and outside the classroom. Fifteen years on, she's still doing the same thing. Last month, when I mentioned to my wife, Tracy, that Donna was retiring, she said, you'd better thank her for all the help she's given you over the years. If it wasn't for her, I'm pretty sure you would have completely lost it that first semester. I'm happy Donna will be able to spend more time with her husband, children, and grandchildren. I hope she can similarly devote more time to studying Norwegian and baking lefse that I would be delighted to help eat. Even so, I'll miss her enthusiasm and especially her willingness to help a frazzled colleague who's barely keeping it together. I'm sure as, I'm sure as hell going to miss Donna. All right. All right, and this one is from Michelle Henriken from Technology Services. Donna, congratulations on your retirement. It has been a pleasure working with you over the years. You are a wealth of knowledge and you have always put the students as top priority. As you retire from Madison College, I hope you know what an impact you had on students and how you contributed to the students' learning experience. All right, Donna, this is Mark P. Um, I've worked here 16 years and you've been here that whole time. And uh, it's easy to say that you'll be missed, but it's also really hard to say that you'll be missed because that means I have to admit that you won't be here. Um, when I'm out serving students, I always work with uh, sort of the mantra, what would Donna do? 
Um, and I may never live up to it, uh, but I'll always have that in my mind. I'll hope to serve students as well as you always did. We'll, we'll miss, miss you, Donna. Donna.